the D-Place podcast on creativity and spirituality. Well, a big happy Easter to all of you out there from the Deep Place podcast. Whatever your traditions are, whatever your beliefs are at this time, uh, may it be a moment, a space, a few days for you to reflect on life, to reflect on who you are, to join with family, to celebrate. Whatever you are doing this Easter, I just hope that it's a beautiful, beautiful moment. What I wanted to share with you today is an Easter reflection. What you're about to hear is an excerpt from my book. Uh, It's a book called Woven, A Faith for the Dissatisfied. At some point, I'll tell you more about this book on the Deep Place podcast because I don't think I've actually said too much about it. So we might do a whole section, a whole session on it. But for now, I'd love to show you just an excerpt of it, uh, of the audio book of Woven. Uh, If you're interested, if you like what you hear, you can go to my website, www.joelmacero.com, and you can order it from there, either the audio book or the physical copy of the book to read. Uh, It's a book about the spiritual journey, and this is just a little bit from it, about life and death, the womb and the tomb. Enjoy. Quote by Thomas Merton I am called here to grow. Death is a critical point of growth, a transition to a new mode of being, to a maturity and fruitfulness that I do not know. The child in the womb does not know where it will come after birth. He must be born in order to live. I am here to learn to face death as my birth. Thomas Merton. Giving birth is never an easy task. Never a walk in the park, nor hands held in soft moonlight. It is rather a back-breaking task, a sweat-in-the-eye task. Actually, I'm not even sure that it should be called a task. That word is too easy, too everyday. It should be called a toil, a grindstone, a splinter, a sorrow, It should be called a confrontation, a deliberation, a disturbance. It should be called a cocoon, the moment when nothing can ever remain the same. In April 2014, my wife gave birth to our son. The day before she went into labour, the Saturday, was the day I finished writing the first draft of the first version of this manuscript. Two pregnancies found birth in one weekend. I am sure one was substantially more painful than the other. In the same few days, they made their way out into the world. I had held these words as she had held him. Two years later, on the 28th of March, 2016, came our daughter. I got to see her first breath, her literal first breath, life filling her lungs for the very first time. I've never seen anything so sacred before. Breath brings life, like pulse brings life, like words bring life, like life grows, whether we choose for it to do so or not. Both of my children were born on Easter weekend. Appropriate, the way of descent before new life comes. Indeed, there always seems some form of death before a resurrection. 
the labour before the birth, the blood before the being, the agony before the joy, the ragged breath of pushing a baby, the first breath of screaming child, there is always a suffering path, always a tearing. The Easter story upholds the weaving together of what most seem as polar opposites, death and life, sorrow and joy, fear and love, two powers that play out over and over. The days of my children's birth were accompanied by Easter death. Easter death accompanied by resurrection life. Red flows in the beginning and in the end. Pain is the constant, but so is beauty. So is love, so is hope. Pain that leads to death and pain that leads to life. I have seen both. New life will always outweigh the pain of our suffering. This book began with death. A mother losing her baby in the digging of a small grave in the jungle of Thailand. It ends with the birth of my own children. We have come full circle. The digging of a grave as a child left the world somehow mirrored what it was to stand helpless beside my wife in the agony of bringing our son into the world. I stood beside the grieving Burmese mother, a sorrow. I stood beside my wife, an opening to newness. I stood beside the tomb of death. I stood beside the womb of life. The grave of sorrow and the womb of new birth are never as separate as we would desire. Both are a beginning and an ending, a sealing and a tearing. They are woven. I laid the boy's body into the grave with tears of grief falling to the rich earth. I picked up the body of my baby with tears of joy falling to the sterile hospital floor. And in the between time, between the womb and the tomb, there is the stuff of life, mirroring both its origin and its final destination. The earth opens up a space for our lives where we may touch the beauty and the pain of all that makes us human. It is all here between the first breath and the last. Nothing does not belong. We are made of aching pain and we are made of delicious hope. The day after digging the grave in Thailand, we were taken to a nearby set of falls. The water was crystal clear and cascading down nature sculpted stone. We dived into the depths of the dark water and swam underneath the falls to come up behind them. A cave was nestled in behind the curtain of water. I screamed. The sight was so overwhelming that I had no other way to express the emotion I was feeling, the exuberance of beauty. The cave was full of crystallized rock and the sun was just at the right place in the sky to shine through the falling water and strike the formations of the cave. So the whole place shone, dazzled, a cave of wonders. The water roared and the light bounced and scattered and glittered. It was the most beautiful explosion of magic I have ever seen. The day before had been death and sorrow and the digging of a grave. The very next was sheer beauty and delight. This is life. This is reality, death and birth held together, faith and doubt, sorrow and joy, hope and despair, love and fear, shadow and light, the womb and the tomb, side by side, all the way through. I think back through the moments, the ones that really mattered, and there they are again, pressing against each other, burying a child, fleeing in a car with a weeping addict, 
buying a man a bed, reading John O'Donoghue for the first time, placing myself under the ashen waters of the Murrindindi River, walking the pilgrim's way out to Holy Island, listening to the lament of the poet, sitting at the Makero family table, seeing a woman struck across the face in Papua New Guinea, weeping for a sex slave I had to leave behind, washing dishes with a street worker, spending a weekend with Thomas Merton. The church that sculpted my faith, the reality that unraveled it, and the slow reweaving. My life will always be a great intermingling of that which is still sculpted within me, that which has unraveled, and that which has found a new weave. These three realities will always remain, from one fishbowl into another, from rebellion to stumble to fall, to getting back up again over and over, even as I am filled with doubt. I am also filled with hope of who we are and who we become. I will not let go of either. These are the stories of my life, and you too hold both these realities inside your own bones. Death and life, aching pain and delicious hope, the stories of your life are filled with that same juxtaposition. Your faith is filled with the same juxtaposition. The sculpted, the unraveled, the woven, all that is in you knows these two edges. They are there in the way we are sculpted by family and fishbowls and kitchen tables. The pressure of friends and parents and churches to be who they want us to be and the all-consuming force of the media machine. The labels we place on ourselves and the names that hold us captive. The places we call home. The roles we live out and the traditions we have escaped from and the traditions we have escaped to. The things we now believe as truth. The incongruency of our rhetoric and our reality. The push from our nests of safety. They are there in the unravelling of our story, the wild and the critical, the pointing fingers and the walking out the front door, the tearing of the new from the old, the dissatisfaction, the rebellion, the demanding of answers, the pain of falling hard, the pull of the cynical, the love of a nurturing community and the fear of turning from it, the fear of moving forward, the death of what has been, the life that comes in the discoveries, the love that walks alongside the mystery of God. They are there in the woven, in the finding of a new weave, in the surrender, the open arms, the letting go, the letting others in, the sitting in paradox, the connection with all things, the remembering, the reframing where faith finds its footing, the land that calls you friend, the rivers that speak, the slowing down to find presence and truth and life and God, the imagination to hope for an alternative vision, the wandering through the inner landscapes, the messy spirituality and the grace. Always the grace. It all fits here. None of your life is not worthy. It all comes together. We are woven and this world is woven and the people are woven and God is woven and it all comes together. This is our hope and our trajectory. So may you sit in the tension of all that life throws at you and intentionally find a weave within and a weave without. 
May every fibre of your existence be woven in with the other. In the mundane realities, may you find the wonder. In the pain, may you find the beauty. There is a way forward, regardless of the season. Your faith may not look like it once did, but it is yours. So you do not need to throw the baby of faith out with the bathwater of the old. Your faith is a new wellspring, and it holds the joy and the doubt and the grief and the hope. Arms stretched out, it holds them cruciform, the womb and the tomb, death before resurrection. The world spins and the seasons come and go and age grows and choices are made and suffering and beauty come amid spit and laughter and deep lungfuls of life. And I wonder, what will you do with it all? The honour and the glory and the pain of being human, what will you do with it all? You are alive for a time and given the freedom to become, so who will you become? Who will you be in this world of ours? And who will we become, this world, this social existence? Who will we be in this reality of ours, the honour and glory and pain of being human? What will we do with it all? The world is crumpled and fractured and bruised and broken. We all know this. We can see the destruction and the oppression and the greed all around us. But I must believe that this will change and that this is changing, that a world so twisted could one day be untwisted, whilst everything in existence now seems to move towards death. My hope is that it will one day move towards life, that light will break into the darkness and bring a glorious sunrise. The Christian faith calls this new creation, when the dream that God has for this world will come to total fruition. It is when the old order of patriarchy and domination and oppression and greed is wrung out of this place. And as the old African-American spiritual says, when we will study war no more. This is when beauty and justice and equality and fairness and goodness will be seen in all things. This is the future, the tomorrow we are hoping for. But it is also the tomorrow we must join with God to bring about through the way that we plough the field and plant the seeds, through the way we eat the toast and drink the wine, through the way we build our houses and shelter the lonely and stand with those whose voices need to be heard, through design and media and technology and business and government, through what we do with our rubbish and the way we talk to our neighbours and our children and our bosses and the guy on the street, through making art and writing books and performing poetry, through family and relationships and social media, through shopping and caring and listening and hoping, we are a people called from ahead. The long arms of this glorious vision reach out to pull us up into something much larger than ourselves, something to hang our lives on, this beautiful vision. This is the grand cathedral we are called to lay the bricks for. This is the grand tapestry of our lives being woven into all things knitted back together where they have been so torn apart, woven in one beautiful, glorious work of art. How do we live a life in which our whole world may be woven 
back together. The deep place. Oh, that was great.